Amen. Well, the first statement I have today is an intellectual, I get this from Papa Bill Johnson, an intellectual gospel is always in danger of creating a God that looks a lot like us. An intellectual gospel will create a God that is as big as your intellect is. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are in a season where we have to be as wise as doves. We have to walk the line that we are chosen to walk. We have to pick which mountain we're going to fight and die on. But an intellectual gospel, a gospel that is just in the mind, intellectual have to understand everything. Because last Sunday, we had a diamond show up from somewhere. We had a feather pop in, 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 in Edmonton. I talked a little bit about that. I'm a person that just wants to know everything. I want to know how and why. As a captain in yachts for many years and racing cars and building engines and doing the things that I enjoyed doing, I just like to know the mechanics. If you understand the mechanics, it's a simple process. You can actually diagnose your vehicle easier. Well, now all the computers are screwing it up. But back in my day, you could diagnose an engine very quickly. Fuel, compression, spark, timing. Pretty much it. One of those is wrong if it's not running right. But then things get so complicated. We have computer upon computer. But you see, the gospel of Jesus Christ is actually very simple. <laughs> it's not a complicated gospel. It's not like you have to know everything about this book to understand salvation. All you need to know about salvation is that Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago for your sin. And he rose again for your salvation. And by every stripe, every whipping across his back before he died when he, on his way to the cross was so you could walk on this earth healed. There's the gospel. I'm done. Let's go eat. No, I'm kidding. That's it. You don't need a computer to figure it out. In the presence of God, it's actually, life is simple instead of confusing. In the presence of God, there is something that manifests so incredibly that you have a peace in the middle of a storm, you have peace in an understanding in the middle of a crisis. You don't get offended as easily in His presence. I find when I get offended very quickly, I'm not close to God's presence. Because I read about a man who should have been the first one to be offended. And his name was Jesus Christ. He had all the right in the world to be offended. But he saw a bigger picture. He saw something greater. He saw a purpose instead of a cross. He saw freedom instead of pain. He saw life instead of death. He wasn't looking at himself. He was looking at you and me, your neighbor, your wayward children, your uncle that you think is impossible to get saved. He was looking at him. This is so full of mysteries. I get so excited reading it. 
I don't even need to understand it all. I don't have to figure out the supernatural. I don't have to understand why someone gets healed and someone else doesn't. I don't have to understand why that person goes up every single Sunday for prayer. And somebody who really needs to won't go up. I don't have to understand. I don't have to figure it out. I don't actually have to give them a test and figure out what personality they are. No, I'm not against that. We just did that at leadership. I'm just saying that if there's a different personality with you, around you, close to you, in relationship with you in some way, God gave you that personality to help you understand you don't need to understand them fully. (laughs) To help us understand that we don't have to do church the way we think we have to do it. To help us understand that the move of God won't come the way we think it should. To help us understand that the supernatural won't happen the way you think it will. You won't see what you think you're supposed to see. You won't hear what you think you have to hear. You'll hear what you need to hear. And you'll see what you need to see in your season now. Tomorrow, different season. Next week, different season. I pray you see and hear differently one week from now than you do today. I don't want to force God to reveal himself in my understanding. He's not on trial. If he manifests himself in this place, he's not on trial here. Right now, if it started raining inside this building, I'd say, oh, my Lord, did the roof leak? No. Heaven invaded. If you walk into this house and you're healed and you walk out and you're not healed, it is what it is. But if you walk into this house and you're not healed and you walk in and you are healed, Either way, we celebrate the Lord. It drove me crazy years ago. Different things in my life, physical problems, herniated disc in my back, praying and laying hands, watching great revival around us, watching people with a herniated disc get healed by laying on the hands and praying with them, and I'm almost collapsing. And it drove me crazy. I had Papa Bill Johnson lay hands on me, Chris Volatin, many, many. I remember Heidi Baker at one conference, please, Heidi, pray for me. She lays hands on me. I laid hands on me. I wasn't getting healed. I was like, seriously, God? During that season, I had to spend a lot of time with the Lord and came to the understanding that his love for me didn't change on my physical perspective. I had to realize that I'm actually not, my herniated disc isn't because of sin, like some people said. You must have sin in your life. You must have unforgiveness. Oh, you know how many people I forgave? I, I've, I didn't even know the people I forgave. I forgave everybody. <laughs> like, I forgave them. I, I asked for forgiveness. It didn't change. 
But you know what? That season was one of the most impacting seasons of my life. Straight during the season, when God wanted to open my eyes, let me rephrase that, when God wanted me to open my eyes and see. And I came to an understanding and realization that God, no matter what my physical state is in my body, you love me unconditionally. You have healed me so I don't, my physical body, pain. But you have healed me so I will never ever stop the calling on my life. Whether they wheel me up in a wheelchair, I'll still preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And once I came to that understanding and realization that I am healed, what do you mean, Brent, you're healed? You still have pain in your back. Oh, no. Physically, sure. Mentally, done. Finished. Doesn't even concern me. Doesn't depress me. Doesn't make me feel less than someone being healed. When I came to that understanding, guess what happened? It took me 11 months or 9 to 11 months, something like that. And I went and looked in this bathroom mirror because we were going for an all-night of prayer, calling in the New Year's, I should say, a New Year's Eve prayer party. And I had forgot my pain pills. So I quickly ran back into the house. And when I, that mirror in the bathroom was there, and when I went to open it up and grab my pain pills, I looked at myself in the mirror and said, man, you're a good-looking man. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I, please. <laughs> please. Please, please. <laughs> I was looking in that mirror at myself before I opened it, and the voice of the Lord just said, step into your miracle. That was it. 2003. That was it. Never took Vioxx or Celebrex again. That was it. Many times when we push for answers, the need to know everything. Glad there's no one in here like that. We actually start to reject the mysteries of the unknown kingdom. Because I need to know. I just need to know. Was it real? Was it real? Was it a pigeon? Was some little kid playing with a little plastic thing? And when I started to realize in my mind that my Bible school training, all the years I took, that I needed to make sure that all that training didn't conform my mind to an ideology understanding, I had to say, hold it, because I'm work, work, work in the ministry, evangelizing, 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 but I feel like I'm not growing. I'm getting tired, exhausted. It was back in the year 2000. And then I made a willful choice, clear decision. God, I used to pride myself on the word that I know. Now I want to lose it for the sake of understanding more. Not the foundation of the word, 
That's a primary function if you study theology. The primaries, they don't change. But secondaries, an understanding of the supernatural kingdom and the realm around us, that should be changing all the time. I do not want to put God in a bottle and only rub the bottle. Remember the old sitcom? Only rub the bottle. Some of you are looking at me, what? Rub the bottle when you need something to happen. It was an old show called I Dream of Genie. It's a little genie in a bottle. And the guy would rub the bottle, genie would come out. You know what? This is no bottle here. Now, in the summertime, we do need you to help paint the building outside. You can rub the building with paintbrushes. This is not a bottle. This is a house without walls. No walls. Because if we have walls, you're building the wrong house. Mystery is usually treated as something sinful instead of a treasure. If it's unknown, it must be wrong. I want to tell you what. If we think we know His fullness, we need Jesus. We do not know His fullness, but our destiny is to know more and more of Him on our day-to-day living in every area of our life. Living with mystery is actually a privilege of our walk with Christ. You know what? Not understanding what happens sometimes, it's a privilege. It's a privilege. We, we got to look at it that way. If we don't, then we're always going to question. Well, that person came up and they got prayed and they say they got healed, but I've seen it before. No, it's a privilege that you and I saw someone get healed. The healing is between them and God, not between you and me. The healing is between them and God. The encounter they have is between them and God. And if we're willing to accept the fact, hey, that person's shaking over there. Oh, it must be the devil. Looks like a demon. It could be. That's where we have the discernment of the body. The majority of the time in this house, if someone starts shaking in the presence of God, it ain't no demon. You know what? You might not shake like that. So what? You see, our problem is, is, is sometimes we, we just always think that everybody needs to be what we are and agree with us. But guess what? Have you had a family before? Probably some of your family members disagree with you on some, certain things, especially on a vehicle if you have a pickup truck. I was trying to talk to the new Dodge owners. One's my son-in-law. That's Ford side, Dodge side. I figured because that's the east, they need more time to fix the truck because the sun rises over there. Oh, man, you guys are looking at me. It is actually really good that we don't always know why and what. (laughs) Because one Sunday, if we just play music and sing and worship, then the word's being taught there. Oh, but but I was preaching. I didn't get to preach the word. Or, hey, no, so-and-so was preaching. How come they didn't get to preach? Service is out of control. No, it could be the most control that we could have when we're actually moving in the way of the Spirit. 
The mysteries I'm talking about aren't necessarily business. Sometimes there's mysteries in business and in your job and workplace. I get it. But it's about the supernatural stuff. It applies to everything in our life because if we actually understand the mysteries of the kingdom more, it will affect your business, your job, your family, and everything that you do. I truly believe that the walk of faith is to live according to the revelation that we've received. In the midst of the mysteries, we cannot explain. When we're in a situation and we receive the revelation of the Lord, then faith is to walk out that, that revelation that you receive, that you know by the Word of God, no matter what mysteries are around you, we walk by the understanding, not... <laughs> We walk by faith, not by You're talking physical sight. Because honestly, the true faith of the kingdom, the true faith that, that we need to have on the earth here is not with physical sight, but increased spiritual sight in Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 to 3. Hebrews 11, starting in verse 1. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay, faith is the substance of things hoped for, but you can't see it physically. Because if you could understand it, you don't need faith. Verse two, for by it the elders obtain a good testimony. Interesting. Our testimony as believers cannot even be a good testimony if you understand everything that's going on. So the more knowledge you have in the mindset, the less testimony you actually have of by walking in faith. It's crazy, isn't it? Well, go to Bible school, get the knowledge. Bible school's great. Absolutely, I recommend everybody to go. But I'll tell you what, let it teach you how to study, how to interpret the word, how to read Greek and Hebrew. Let it teach you all that stuff. It helped me immensely in studying the word. But when I got out of it years ago, my mind became proud. Because I knew more than the average. And I remember our Bible conversation studies. Pretty much divisional every single time someone left the room crying. Because I wasn't backing down because I had the knowledge. And let me tell you something. Please forgive me, Lord. Because at that moment in time, I might have been one that he would have said, I never knew you. But I knew you. No, you didn't. You let your knowledge supersede my desires and ability. We are in a season, everybody, that we need to have a faith in something that we hope for. But you don't see physically what's happening right now across this nation and into America and even other countries. I'm a truck driver. 
I have a class one with air, Brent's Trucking. I ran semis for years. I still keep my license. I have to take a physical now every like three years because of my age. I still keep the license. I started my businesses in trucking. And these, these truckers, Right. They actually have an ability beyond what the church's ability is. Listen to what I'm saying. I don't believe they're doing this because the church didn't. Listen to what I'm saying. You have to decipher what your family is called to do and how to do it. But they can shut down society. Because you and I aren't eating today if all the trucks stop for three days. You'll be running out of fuel real fast. You won't have fresh groceries. You won't have fresh milk. Every single thing you and I buy comes through truckers. So they actually have an ability to do something the church here in Canada actually can't do. Because we could go ahead and march, but all of Canada will just keep on doing their thing. I'm kind of intrigued. I don't want to get too political. I'm sort of intrigued how our leader happens to not be there right now. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I don't need to see it because if I see it, I don't need faith. I need to have faith to open my eyes to believe in something I cannot see and is totally illogical. It doesn't make sense because I believe God is saying do it and go. For I will never give you anything that is too great for you. When things are tough, your life doesn't show the bad. That's faith. When things are tough, you don't walk around depressed. You know what? It, it, it drives me crazy when, when someone has a bad day and they walk into the room and the atmosphere changes. It's like they walk in. Hey, how you doing? Not good. Oh, Okay. I'll take that question back then. <laughs> What's wrong? They made my coffee wrong. Well, yeah, probably because you didn't go to Starbucks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, I'm glad the floor mics didn't pick that up. That, he just lost some anointing right there, but that's okay. I'm going to go to the carnal-minded now here. <laughs> but you know what? Wouldn't it just bring you great pleasure to be the one that changes the atmosphere to grumpiness? Well, maybe you should ask people around you what they think of you. Now, they might be scared to tell you. Are you happy? Are you positive? When things are down, are you up? Wouldn't it be better to be known as the person that when things are down, you bring joy into the room? Romans 8, chapter 6, verse 7. For to be carnally minded is death. Uh, didn't say Maybe. That's actually pretty clear. I looked in the Greek, the Hebrew, and the Aramaic. 
It means that if you think of the world and the world dominates your mind, you're dead. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. You need peace? Get spiritually minded. You want life? Get spiritually minded. You want to die? Keep thinking of the problems in the world all the time. Because if the problems in the world depress you, then you're carnally minded. If the problems in the world excite you because now you have opportunity to go preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, then you're spiritually minded. Carnal mindedness is to allow what we cannot answer, to downgrade what God has shown us. Many Christians will only obey their understanding of a carnal mind. Doesn't mean sin. Doesn't mean your mind is constantly in sin. It means that the things of this world are drawing you down in your mind so much that the majority of your time is thinking about the things you shouldn't be worried about. Instead, receive strength, power, and authority in Jesus Christ so you can actually go out and get in your truck and drive across Canada if that's what it takes. That you and I can just say, enough's enough. We have to abide by the laws of the land. That's biblical. As long as those laws don't take us out of the law. But I haven't been told yet in this nation that I can't be a Christian. I know that some of our government officials don't like us to be Christians. But you know what? As long as my passport says Canada, I will stand on guard for thee. I will believe that this nation that was founded on Christian biblical moral values will continue in Christian biblical moral values and do something about it. And one of the best things that we can do, maybe it is protest, but do it with the right heart. Maybe it's you're just supposed to be light as Jesus Christ in us. We, that we are the, he is the light of the world, and that we are not supposed to hide our light under a bush. Oh, no. Just let it shine, shine, shine. Can you imagine how different things happen when you walk into a conversation that's depressed and you walk in with light? It starts to dispel the darkness. That, or they'll kick you out of the conversation. But the worst thing that we could possibly do in these seasons and times is to cover our light up for the sake of trying to reach the darkness? No. No. Jesus never became what he came to fight against. We have no right to lessen our testimony as believers for the sake of rules and regulations. Whether you get a shot or you don't get a shot, I personally believe should be freedom of choice.
There is a lot of wounded and hurting people out there. The world's in a mess. But you know what? We're in one of the greatest revivals the world's ever seen. The amount of, me, amount of people converting to Christianity is the highest in recorded history right now. It's mind-boggling. Some estimates are three to 400,000 a day right now converting. Tremendous amount of Muslim Islamic people. Having a man in a white robe show up in their bedroom. I hear it over hundreds and thousands of times. I've heard it over and over when I travel into Islamic states. I had to come to this meeting of yours because this man showed up in my room and told me I needed to go to find true peace. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, you see all the COVID issues and all the problems and the country's out and I mean, it's unbelievable, like really bad. We're collapsing. We're going to lose all our free. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You better go back to what you believe. No. <laughs> In this house, whatever God wants to do, He can do. He's not on trial. I don't have to understand it. I don't have to know it. Now, if the devil comes in, it's a different story. That's why there's called a gift of discernment of spirits. I have no problem looking someone in the eye who's demon-possessed and say, do you want to come to light or do you want to stay in darkness? Because there's going to be a lot of people come through these doors that might not even smell that great. They might not have the best attitude. They really might not have the best language. But I'll tell you what, everyone that comes through these doors needs Jesus, including me and you. And I need more today than I had yesterday. I'm here to grow. I'm here to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm here to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing the lepers, and casting out the demons. For this is a house of God. This is his family. We need to hear his word and be obedient to it. Every moment, every minute of the day that we can. Because believing in this word, it costs you something. It costs you unbelief. Well, I don't really believe that that person was healed. Then you don't believe in the Word because it's not your decision and you're not the judge and neither am I. You come up to me and say you're healed. 
I will celebrate it. Even if you're limping right back out to that car, I will still celebrate it and pray for more. We need to hold on to what God has shown us and commanded us. Go forth in the midst of battles. Be strengthened by gathering together as a family. Because I'll tell you what, being alone is not the Christian walk. Being independent on your own is not the Christian walk. We must, no matter what you do, if you're a ministry, uh, itinerant, you're a family that has passion, we are not destined to be alone. God never created us to be alone. Luke 8, verse 8, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Well, in my life, I'm going to answer that question. Yes, he will. Now you have to answer that question. When the Son of Man returns, when God, Christ himself returns, will he find faith in you? Expecting and believing in something that might seem impossible. Let's all stand. I believe today we get the opportunity to say, yes, Lord, I will walk in faith. I will walk in might and strength of Jesus in my life. But I will walk in faith because I don't have to fully understand. All I need to have is the faith of the substances of things hoped for. and the evidence of things not seen. Let's bow our heads. Father, I pray this morning, right now, anyone watching online, anyone in this building right now, if they feel like their faith has been just a little bit low, today's the day for double-double. No longer teacups, but barrels of your presence, O oh God. And when your rains of heaven are pouring out from the heavens, we will not put umbrellas up. Because, oh no, what if we get wet? I can see in a vision right now, some people put the umbrellas upside down to catch it. Some have thrown their umbrellas to the side and their umbrellas blown away in the wind and they're taking their shoes off and dancing and singing and praising God in the presence of his reign from heaven. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And every day is a new day. We get to celebrate again over and over. Just expect for more in walking a life of hope and faith. knowing that the things around us are temporary. But our time with you, O oh God, is eternal. 
our experiences with you, O oh Father, are eternal. And they are the power of our testimony as we walk throughout this earth. And so I ask each one here, could you make a commitment to just say, you know what, I'm going to shut down maybe just 10% of my worry of this world <laughs> or of our government or whatever it is. Maybe 20% or you want to be big blessers, go for 30% shutdown. Maybe just only watch the news about the people rising up for freedom. And don't focus on the lies of some of the news agencies because there's a, taking it from a, a great man south of the border, there's a lot of fake news. You and I don't live fake lives. And if you do, smarten up. Be real in this family and house. Unless you're vulgar and crude, we'll talk with you and love you right out, love it right out of you. But I'll tell you what, this is not the time to sit down and do nothing. This is the time to get on our hands and knees and intercede and pray. Hear the voice of the God, stand up, get in your truck and drive wherever you need to drive if that's what it is. I pray, I pray that I pray something changes this weekend. I'll be honest with you, when my faith is in a man, it's a little smaller than it used to be. Because my faith doesn't lie in a man. It doesn't lie in men and women. My faith lies in my Lord. For He is my Savior. I don't want to end. I told worship if they went to 1 o'clock today, that's fine. Let's say the Lord's Prayer together as we close. The prayer team, start coming up. The prayer team will be up here if you need prayer. Remember, next Sunday, Sunday morning here, Sunday night at 7 p.m. here. Come earlier, 6, 6.15, 6.30. Come earlier, start praying, interceding. Invite people who know, maybe want to hear somebody who's a pro in sports from the small church in San Diego. Let's say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen and amen. Bless you all. Love you all. See you next Sunday.